Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. Here comes Aaron Gordon the other way. I guess we'll never know. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Denver Stiff Show. These are your hosts, Zach Nikosh and Gordon Gross, here with you on Monday, the 26th. Funny story. Not so funny. It's probably how Gordon Gordon thinks about it. But uh, Gordon and I actually recorded, well, no, let, let me let me step back there. Not actually. <laughs> Gordon and I had a wonderful conversation last night uh, about all the things we're going to talk about tonight. And, you know, somebody, we're not sure, it was probably that the intern we hired um, to do the production. Uh, yes, definitely that guy. Definitely that guy didn't hit the record button. And, uh, yeah, well, it was a nice chat. So we will do it again tonight, Gordon. We're going to go right back into our plethora of topics which is kind of nice because one of our topics tonight will be the whole george carl carmel anthony Kenyon martin uh nonsense and and talking through it last night really helped me form my my thoughts on it uh and so i just translated that right into an article uh instead once i had realized we did not uh, we did not <laughs> actually rage about not thoughts. podcasting yeah exactly. exactly i did too it's probably like the spiciest article i've written this year and it, you're absolutely right i was just angry like, I'm, about... I'm half mad at everyone who's involved in this and i'm also half mad at the record button on my computer so oh it's definitely like everyone 95 percent mad, mad at me five percent mad at oh uh, the rest of the rest of it's just about a game no worries there but that was that was uh, at the end of the day, almost two hours of my time just just gone. I mean, not gone, Gordon, because like I said, I always appreciate talking. Nuggets I'm glad you enjoy talking to me, man. It's not, I'm glad, and you'll not do it without actually recording. So right, nice. exactly, exactly. I'm here to tell you, it's not just about producing content; it's about enjoying your takes <laughs> on a weekly basis. <laughs> Well, I hope you're so, going to get one of the same ones today. So it's going to be a lot of repeat. Uh, there will be no surprises between me and Gordon here today. Uh, we, I probably would have even just scrapped it for the week and like whatever we'll get after it next week. But of course, we were off last week during uh, during the All Star break. It um, for good reason. No one needed to talk right. about that. Right. No one wants to talk about it. Does neither one of us watched it. Um, and it was fine. Like <laughs> the best, the best thing to come out of the All Star Game and All Star Weekend was Adam Silver awarding uh, the trophy to the Eastern Conference All Stars with his clearly like displeasure. Oh, yeah. His, his I am mad at all of you. You have all disappointed me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he was. No, like I said, man. The only thing, the only part of it that I watched was um, Steph and Sabrina, and that was fine. I enjoyed yep. that. And then yep. I read comments and saw like the actual. I turned the audio on, you know, and uh, yep. that was a mistake on my part. I should not have done that. 
<laughs> and I had to listen right. to old man talk about stuff that yes. you don't understand. Yes, that that's what we were we got into that too. So like the uh, the commenting was, uh, I mean, Kenny Smith with with obviously with his comments in, on the uh, on the Sabrina and Steph um, event was, you know, it, like it like like it's, it's the nineteen freaking eighties. Yep, exactly. It's, it's old, yeah, I I'm like, look, man, just give it up. But I really do wish at some point the NBA would decide that they would like the people who comment on the league and who they pay to inform people about the league to like do so in a manner that makes it seem like it's fun to watch that basketball is something you should do and not that they hate the league and they're only here for the drama. I feel like at some point it would be a good plan for the NBA to just, you know, move, move the other way just a little bit. Right. Yeah. It's almost like, um, the NBA, and this is, this is true of a lot of sports media around, like certainly not just the NBA, but like, uh, and, and really probably just true of a lot of things in general, but like, I feel like we're in this transition where the NBA is still kind of catering to an older generation of fans, uh, with their coverage. And yet like younger, uh, those younger fans, like, you know, I mean, like they, they might even consider somebody like me, a younger fan. And like, I mean, I'm, I'm in my last year of my thirties. Right. So like, I was going to say, I like you're being very generous with yourself. But very generous, very generous. I'm definitely not like, uh, by absolute definition, middle-aged, but you know, Hey, we'll be, uh, very young, very young fans like myself, <laughs> you know, like, uh, I, I don't, but, uh, but you know what I mean? Like, is like, like Charles Barkley and Kenny Smith and like Shaq and Ernie, like this, this is the same guys have been trying out for what down near 20 years now. Like, right. And like, at yep. some point, at some point you gotta be like, is this still like, is this still what the, the best approach to, to celebrating our league and to covering our league. And I don't know that it is. I think, I think we see more and more across. I mean, you can see with just like, I mean, with the advent of podcasting, with the advent of blogging, like there's fans want to consume a different type of media than your classic, like four old dudes sitting at the table being like back in my day. Right. Cause like they do that all the time. Uh, right. they, they talk about, you know, back in their day and how life was so much harder uh, and the league was so much tougher and you've got, you know, just now, like, like I said, the, the comment, the stupid comments from Kenny Smith uh, during the, the Sabrina and Steph shootout, like it just, it's like catering to, to shit that worked 20 years ago. And at this point, it just, man, like I, I just, I just tune it out. Right. Like I tune it out. Like there, I, that whole, that like whole shtick and that's what it is like that whole shtick is just like is so tired and so played out now that that, like we got to try and do something different and the thing is is like like i hear charles barkley on altitude radio when he's doing interviews with just with just the guys on on radio and like it's totally like a different person like you hear i heard kendrick perkins on uh, you know with interviews with like vic lombardi on the radio and it's a totally different person when they're not on ESPN or TNT on the big national stage and have to put on this act like and actually give true honest basketball analysis like it's actually pretty good like there's they're they're very insightful I mean these guys played like they they know a lot of things and it's very insightful but there is this this coverage of the league that is entirely just based on like you said the drama and like let's just stir shit up and like let's let's talk about like is you know i mean 
is is Jokic getting MVP MVP votes because he's white, right? Like, and and saying stupid things like that and being like, uh, and it stirs controversy and people talk about it. And I'm sure the ratings are great and the the engagements are great and it and I'm sure it. 100% serves its purpose, but it is doing a disservice, I think, to the league and and really to the fan bases. Like we should be getting more, giving the fans more credit that like that they can consume a higher level depth of analysis than just and and coverage than just hey, like this is these are the like you said, this is the drama that's that's going well, and, on right now. And if they can't consume it, then that is your fault as people who have just sold hot takes for the last however long. Like, that's a that's a you thing. You bred this kind of consumer. If you want a different kind of consumer, then you need to provide a different yeah, kind of that's coverage. A great point. So for me, like, it, it's because it, like you said, it is very much something that is driven by the national hot take media. And it, it comes down to clicks. I understand that. But when you're when you're getting views and you're you're deciding what to talk about based on views, you're going to leave out a lot of the things that people like about the sport because they're going to say, yes, I like that, rather than, no, I hate that, and I hate you for saying it. Um, reading ire and rage in your fan base is not an excellent way to continue a fan base. Right. Rage bait is not good for long-term engagement. It's just right. not. So, like, people only hate watch stuff for so long, and then they go find something else to do. Right. So, That's encouraging exactly. people to hate the the way the broadcasts are done and to hate the commentators is not a yes. You're getting um, vocal attention out of it, but that's not a good way to build a fan base. So, I keep it's hoping very, the NBA is going to turn around with their next media contract. But I mean, we're going to see. Yeah, we're going to see. I mean, it, it, like it's a very short-sighted approach and there's a there's a much I like like we've said. I mean, there there's a I think you get a much better value if by by enriching your fan base with with quality analysis with with quality coverage uh than than you do And people from... who like their sport. Like right. I, I guess for for me I guess that is something that I do appreciate about the Altitude broadcast is that they enjoy basketball. And right. they want to talk about it and they want to share Nuggets basketball with you and enjoy it with you. Like, I know right. that that is team sponsored and that's supposed to happen, but that's they do. They I don't think that asking people to enjoy the thing that they're covering and to help me enjoy it even more is too much to ask. I really don't. You know, whether that comes from different kinds of analysis or different kinds of coverage, you know, um, LED courts don't care. You know, <laughs> well, I'll say for this, I actually think the LED court is dope. Like, I hope they, I honestly hope that one day, and we will, Garen freaking teed because it will, it, and it'll, it'll go bad because then it'll just become a giant billboard. But yep. uh, uh, there will be a day, I believe, when they they play on all LED courts. Like, that's the 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 NBA has definitely realized and continues to like invest in technology around that court being a giant canvas right like and right. like i said and unfortunately uh at some point it'll just become one giant billboard and the players will just play on an advertisement but there'll be a cool period in there where like there'll be some <laughs> before that yeah, yeah <laughs> there'll be some cool stuff that they do with it uh but yeah they i mean I, I remember just like what they started doing with like player intros and stuff in the arena uh with like the holographic projections or whatever and what they can do yep. 
on the court right now. And it's really cool. Like, and I always thought about, I was like, man, wouldn't it be cool? Like if you could like have something like this, like, and, and like, like I think about that, like, wouldn't it be dope if like you're, you're playing basketball. Okay. Right. And Nikola Jokic goes down and he shoots and he scores and like, okay. As the other team is now bringing the ball back up uh, in, in the backcourt, right. There's, there's a picture of Jokic that pops up and says, you know, he's got 12 points, four rebounds and two assists. And then it right. you know, goes back down. Like that stuff's all cool. And I don't know if maybe you need to do that on a full led court or you could possibly do that. Uh, just with, I mean, they've that it's not like that yellow line on the football field is uh actually painted out there for the first down, right? You can do a lot with, with right. TV broadcasts, but for the, for the in person viewer uh experience, it would be working as well. We're way off topic. Uh, on what Look, man, I just want to talk about different stuff. I already had this conversation with you, so right. No. Well, but that's the thing. <laughs> Is now we're getting into stuff that we didn't even talk about last night. Like we we didn't even mention the LED court last night. So, That's right. Um, I thought LED, we're all getting LED brand court. new content here, folks. That's what we're doing. We're <laughs> rehashing it in a in a new and exciting way. So don't worry. Well, we can wrap. We'll, we'll put a nice bow on this conversation with saying LED LED courts. We are pro, or at least I am pro that. Um, the rest of All Star Weekend, you can you can keep it. All right, so yep. to what we actually wanted to talk about tonight with, with the Denver Nuggets is obviously they were coming off the win um, yesterday against the uh, Golden State Warriors, a sort of almost a tale of two halves for the Nuggets, really, or I mean, yeah, I mean, well, really a tale of about 22 minutes, 20 minutes of the first half, and then uh, the other uh, 20, I guess, 28 minutes of the end of the first half and into the second half. Nuggets fell behind Clay Thompson. Uh, went off in in that yeah. first quarter, came off the bench and started firing. Uh, but Nuggets turned that thing around. Nikola Jokic, monster game again. And Denver gets the wins. So we'll dive into that then. You know, even though we just spent this time talking about how um, we don't want the drama and, and we should just focus on covering, covering in the, the positive things on our um, – in our basketball team, we're going to talk about George Carl and Carmelo Anthony and Kenya Martin and how those guys have been nothing but childish babies uh, over the past couple of weeks and uh, have created quite a bit of drama. So I guess, Gordon, I guess we're right. We're no better, right? Who are we to admonish Charles Barkley when do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Hey, listen, uh, I got to get this. I got to get this pod, these podcast dollars. All right. So, uh, you know, Charles tens has got dollars. plenty. Like, yeah, exactly. I need, I need these tens of dollars. Charles has got plenty of money to go around. He doesn't need it. Okay. I got to get these clicks one way or another. So we're going to have some, some hot takes on George Carl, Carmelo, Anthony, and, and can you Martin? Not really, but I, I put, I wrote an article today, like I said, based kind of off of what my thoughts were that we talked about last night. I want to, Kind of, I'll summarize those again for those of you who don't like to read, and then uh, we can uh, discuss what is what has been really, really has been just a sad um, couple of weeks with some some guys who should be Denver Nuggets legends, right? So we'll get yep. into that, and then finally we'll wrap up looking at the forward of the week the to come. We've got the Sacramento Kings on deck on Wednesday, then we've got uh, Miami on a back to back. That's the second to last back-to-back, I believe, before the Nuggets this season and before they finish out the week against Los Angeles in Los Angeles. One more game against the Lakers. So we'll we'll get into that. that our favorite topic, beating the Lakers. 
uh, here to wrap up the show. But let's bring it back to the Golden State Warriors game uh, from last night. Like I said, Clay Thompson, man, he I think he had 23 points in the first half, zero points in the second. This is something we didn't talk about last night, so I actually kind of want to talk about it with you here because I just got to think about it. Like uh, when the Nuggets played the Lakers last year in the Western Conference Finals, and in that game four, we saw every bit of LeBron's power in that first half, right? As amazing as he was. And then in the second half, we saw what happens when you, when 30, I guess at that time, 38 year old LeBron tries to be. 28-year-old LeBron, right. uh, and the second half, he basically completely disappeared. Similar thing with Clay Thompson last night. Is, is that is that where – I mean, he's coming off the bench now too, which, you know, of course, this is the same thing Washington said about bringing Jordan Poole off the bench. It's like, oh, we need you know we need that scoring punch off the bench. It's not that he's been shooting terribly, even though he has. But, uh, no, we need that scoring, scoring punch off the bench, so that's why we're going to bring him off the bench. It's definitely not about his playing ability. But I look at that game last night with Clay Thompson, and and you start to think about the injuries. Like, man, like, like all credit to Clay Thompson. Like that dude is a warrior. Uh, came back from back to back major injuries. First an AC, it was I can't even remember which one was first, but an ACL and an Achilles, right? Yeah. And then comes back and and helps his team win a title. Like basically steps right back in and is like, yep, I got this. Helps his team win a title. Um, Major respect to him, but are are we at that point? I guess with Clay, where it's like he's he's basically into the twilight of his career now. Yes, yes, and it's and it's nothing. I mean, it happens to everybody, but it happens to you faster when you right. get hurt like that. Yeah, right, um, exactly. And so, especially the yeah, Achilles. Right, you're asking a guy, um, you know, to go through a really long season, um, and if he's on the bench, then if it starts acting up and he starts bothering him, then you can take care of it, and if he's a starter, then you can't. Um, you're going to mess with your starting rotation a lot. So I understand why he's on the bench and he will have these games like this where he finds his old shooting touch and he just goes off, um, for a half. Right. Right. You know, that's like the thing I, is, can I, he sustain it? it? You know, right. No, and, the, the, and he can't, no, you know. he can't. Otherwise he'd be, he'd otherwise be he'd be starting him in the all-star game. Yeah. yeah I guess this proves in the pudding, huh? Right. So no, yeah, this is, this is the, the downside of his career, but he's still going to have some, some great performances. It's just that this is what happens to you when your skill is shooting, which doesn't go away, but your legs do go away. Right. You know, I, that, that's that's what's going to happen. And um, I just I'm not sure how Golden State is going to get what they need from the roster that they have or improve the roster that they have to get further than they can get with these guys. Because right now they're like, what, 10 seed? So, yeah, 10 seed. And and you're gonna have to climb past a bunch of people to stay out of the you know to to get out of the immediate danger zone. Yeah, but they're not gonna play in anybody. Yeah, I don't see how they I don't see how they can I don't see how they can climb the way they would need to climb with the roster that they have and their performances that they're getting. Right. So we're gonna find out, but they're further out of getting out of the play-in. They're further away from that than they are from. Being out, being out of the being playoffs, out of the playoffs entirely, entirely, entirely yes. right? Like they're only three up on Utah, but like, yeah, there's, there's no way they're going to have to get it through the plan, which is what's so interesting right now. And, and one thing I'll say this, like uh, the Eastern conference is an abomination for the play in tournament. Like Atlanta, who's seven games on 500 <laughs> right now is going to get in, which is ridiculous. Yep. 
When Either every lesser. time when people want to talk to me about how the great the Easter conference is this year, and I'm like, yeah, you don't like, know what no. you're talking about. It's That's like, yeah, <laughs> it's honestly like one, maybe maybe two teams that are that are really of any any sort of threat whatsoever. But like in the West, the Western Conference is a is a shining example of why you have the play-in tournament, why it's perfect because yep. you've got eight teams that are definitely playoff caliber that are sitting one through eight right now, but you've got five through eight that are all basically i mean they're within a half game of each other right now right so like you've gotten all these teams are equal and yet they're only just a few games up on la and golden state who both uh-huh. have winning records and are two teams who are absolutely not going to to fold it fold it and try and like Missed the no. entire, like Dallas did last year, right? Like right. they are, they, they have no reason to do that. Absolutely, they've got, they've got. I mean, they've got every reason not to, right? Like they, they yes. are on, on the waning moments of some of two of the biggest stars to ever play in the game. Like if you can get in and get a chance, like hey, anything right. can happen. You especially if shot. you got, yep. right? If you've got LeBron James or Steph Curry, like who knows? All you got to do is get in, and anything could happen. Like look, they, they had are, LeBron last year. They got to the, they made it to the conference, conference, conference finals. finals, right? Like, right, you know, if, if Nicola had twisted an ankle, who knows how that would have gone. Right. So, yeah, you know, uh, it, it's not like that's a bad plan. You've got to just get to the playoffs and then see what happens with your matchups. You know, right. and last year, the Lakers pulled people who were not ready for them and they took them out. So yeah, they got I, some, I, and they caught some injury luck. Like, I mean, like I said, right, because what was it? It was John Morant got injured right in the right uh, the Memphis series. And then who did they play? That's they played Golden State. Who's old uh and you know and, and we're seeing right now the same things that are happening with you know golden state they're they're right there with la but from the nba's viewpoint though too like if you got two teams that are the ninth and 10th seed that you're like man i'd really love to see if we could get one of them in the playoffs it's absolutely the los angeles lakers and the golden state warriors like this could not be better for them for adam silver it's just like I said, it's just the, the stark contrast within with the eastern conference and it's like there's there are clearly eight playoff teams and then everybody else and instead chicago and atlanta are gonna, gonna get to hang around in this thing uh yep. it's funny to me but yeah i i think it's really interesting with with this uh golden state team on on where they go from here because i mean jonathan kaminga looked good last night like i thought he yeah um and he continues to look good like that's that's probably andrew wiggins is fine he's a solid like role player but andrew wiggins isn't any spring chicken anymore like he's 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 getting into right. the you know the prime he's in the prime of his career right now and is uh, not going to, you can't expect him to get better, much better than he is at this time. In fact, you probably expect it to go, go the opposite way. You've got, uh, and then you've got Budzinski, right? Or P- I don't know how you pronounce his name. Budzinski. Brandon. Uh, Brandon, that's it. Right. And like, he's, you know, he's a, he's a, like a good player, but like, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not writing home about him. Like that's, uh, I, I don't even know how to pronounce his name, which is, which is nothing against his play. That's just against me and my complete lack of research into the Warriors. Cause I don't care about 10 seats, but like they've got, you know, they've got some decent young guys there, but like, listen, if, if those are your top pieces moving forward, once Steph and, and Clay and Dre move on, like, you're not going to be winning too many games. You're probably looking at how high in the lottery can we get, right? So yeah, those guys are those guys are like you know our fifth and sixth players. Those are not second and third on right. your depth chart. 
So, right. Yeah. Exactly. Those are perfect fill out the starting lineup role players. Yeah. Not, yeah. Not stars, you know, six right? man. Do some stuff like that. Right. It's not those. Those are not guys you want to have to absolutely carry you. Right. So I, I, that's that's I guess where you know I look at the the Warriors and I'm just not sure how much more they can get out of this roster. Like if the Nuggets had been healthy the year that they won the title, the year the Warriors won the title, then the Warriors would not have won that title because they would not yeah. have gotten past Denver. Right. Yeah. Like exactly. that's, you know, they, they got, they were gifted that one last no. one with this roster because the Nuggets had, you know, they were down two massive pieces and still didn't have, you know, enough other guys to bring up the scoring. And they still scared the crap out of Golden State the last couple of games. Yeah, the only thing about Golden, the only thing about that series that I wonder that I might push back on that is they also didn't have Contavious Caldwell Pope, and they wouldn't have even if they were healthy. Like that, that series highlighted the absolute need to go out and get a KCP, right? Because you're like, right, it did, and it and it did make a difference. I think that it would have been. I think that the Nuggets would have wound up losing to the Clipper or to the to the Celtics because the they didn't have KCP at that time. I think that's where that would have come in. Then they would have gone and got KCP, and then it would have made a difference. So I guess the Celtics should be the ones who are really sad about it. But um, yeah. about the Nuggets being injured that year. Well, but it's, yeah, I mean, maybe like it, we, you're right. It could have been at the same time. Like, man, I could push back. I, who knows? Like, I just never know because like we've never seen the Celtics try and beat Nicole in a seven game series. Like it's true. Could, could they actually do it? I don't know. Right. Well, if they show up this year, we'll find out. Hopefully, like I thought they were going to show up last up. year, but then they choked it out. So like if any time <laughs> they, they want to beat us the in the heat. finals, I'm happy to do it. Yeah. I would love to see the Celtics in the finals and, and maybe we will this year. We might, I'm, I'm still always going to root for, I want to see Milwaukee, uh, Milwaukee and, and Denver. Because uh, I think, think just for Giannis, the Giannis Jokic, Giannis Jokic well, and yeah, they're always fun games, man. I love right. watching the Bucks and the Nuggets go. It's fun. I think I think those are the two best players on earth right now. So right. why wouldn't you want to see them match up in the finals? You know, so yep. uh, like there's um, you just want to hurt Doc's feelings again. You can't fool me. I would love to. I would love to <laughs> give give Doc another one. Uh, put it on his mantle, which which is funny. I really have nothing against Doc Rivers. I don't think he's a good coach, but. You know, guy's got a ring. I don't think he's a right bad there. coach. He has a ring. I don't mm. think he's a bad coach. I just <laughs> he's been riding. He's been riding that ring for a long time now, right? Hasn't he? Yeah. Hasn't hasn't been able to do much in the playoffs since. Um, yeah. So I mean, the uh, gotta get focus, refocus back on track with this Warriors game. Uh, so yeah, I I think the. What, what I guess to, to bring it back into focus on the game itself, like the, I always I thought it was very interesting. The Nuggets were only I believe favored by no they were they were one point dogs in that game uh, on full rest, which was I thought was just so interesting for a for the ten seed uh, Golden State Warriors against right. against the Nuggets on full rest. I get you're playing in Golden State and then man that crowd was still rocking like uh, at least until uh, about with about four minutes left in the second quarter, but like they were, you know, when clay was going like that, that crowd was right there with him. And that was a, that was a hostile environment. Uh, but still like the talent gap between the two teams is noticeable and probably no more noticeable than just like, than watching Nicola do what he did for now. What is the third game in a row? Just like this ridiculous, ridiculous so, production. So good. So good. And it's it's not just that he's great; it's also that he is a terrible matchup for the Warriors. 
Oh, and always don't have anybody who can like even contend with him size wise. And they're having to put Draymond on him and they kept doing it one on one because they're like, well, we don't have a lot of options. We would like him to stop, you know, getting assists and Jokic got 16 assists anyway. So like nothing they tried worked. Draymond talked about how, uh, you know, Jokic gave him the business. Uh, (laughs) Basically, again, uh, yeah, well, he was like, I had no answers. He's like, sometimes right. I give it to Joker a little, but he gave it back to me and I had nothing. Right. And it's true. And and the, the Warriors just, they're not set up for that. And now that, you know, with Aaron Gordon playing the defense that he played and KCP playing the defense that he played, mm, the, yeah, when the Nuggets decided right. to turn it on, because they were crap for, like, Jokic kept them in it for the first quarter. And then they were terrible to start the second quarter. Yeah, that first bench rotation was brutal. Brutal. And then, and then the Nuggets were down a bunch. What, 14? I think it was 16? 14. I think they were down 16 at one point. Yeah, we already got to 16. Yeah, you're right. And, uh, and, I think and they I, were down but, 16 when Jokic checked back in. Right. But the Nuggets didn't panic because they're like, well, we have the greatest player on earth. It's fine. And they went on that 14-0 run, and it was over. Like, you could just <laughs> – you just knew. Like, the, all the air got sucked right, right out of the arena in the last two minutes of the first half. Right. And it was a beautiful thing. When the yeah, Nuggets were like, nah, we've just decided we're going to win this one, and you literally cannot stop us. Right. And then, it, yeah, I mean, I thought you bring up a great point, too, about Aaron Gordon. It's like, he is another guy. He just, he stepped up. Uh, he stepped up his game and has been stepping up his game. Unbelievable. Uh, he also, I heard this, I think, on the broadcast. One of these nights, he shot 82% from the free throw line in February. Which like if he, if he's not gonna have his free throws, good lord, watch out. But yeah, I mean the um this is sort of like what what the whole NBA has to look at and be like, what are we gonna do? Like how how can we stop this? Because like Jokic is like, all right, it, it certainly seems like Jokic is like, all right, it's go time. Like we got it's the end of February, we're we're out of the All Star break, it's time to just like let's just do this. And he's just like said three games in a row, just absolutely crushed teams like it like it's not even like if he yes. keeps doing this he's going to end up averaging a triple double even though he hasn't been averaging one the whole season thus far like, yeah he's, yeah if, if he keeps this up yeah it's going to be unbelievable uh <laughs> he's definitely going to win an mvp that he doesn't want and i don't uh, you right, know that he does not care about uh but what i when i think about this i'm like teams gotta be looking at this and be like we gotta figure out like how are we gonna beat this guy one night Little out right. four out of seven like that. There he's just a, he has every single answer to whatever you're gonna throw at him. And the the way this team is constructed now, you know, and I think there's some things. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, it's one guy who has not come out of the break very good is Reggie Jackson, right? Like the the backup point guard right. role has been a bit rough. Um, I've liked what I've seen out of Christian Brown uh, a little bit more, but he's good. Another guy who's uh, been struggling. Uh, Zeke Nagy, been of course, better recently, but yeah, right. Zeke's, Zeke's, like we had a couple of Zeke's, I mean, Zeke's, Zeke's been great yeah. out of the break. Like he's been, yeah. he's been great. Like that's, that's a guy who, uh, who but absolutely he's also been playing the four. Like we've been begging for him to play right. the four for like two years, three years. Right. And they keep making him the backup five, which he's not good at because he doesn't have the right size. Hey. And he's not an interior player like that. You know, he had a great game at the backup five, uh, Against the Wizards, who've won nine yeah. games. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Hold up, man. Like the fact that the fact that there's a team as bad as the Pistons is, is, is impressive. So the the Wizards are definitely trying to 
keep up with one of the worst teams that has ever played in the league. <laughs> so, you know yeah, what? I am. Um, I got to figure this out. Uh, I was going to say. It's, we, why, it's why it matters to me that the Nuggets get home court at least for one round. Like, it's not only because the three seed, anything below the three seed doesn't usually get to the finals. There's, I mean, there's a reason for that. But uh, I I really want the Nuggets to, I don't think they need to get the number one seed in the West necessarily, but I would certainly like two or three to stay out of, you know, touch with whoever it is the number one seed. And also right. to make it so that they do get home court advantage and people right. have to come to Denver while Denver gets acclimated to playoff basketball um, and gets their actual playoff rotation going. So for me, that that matters. That's an important thing for them to do down the stretch. And it looks like it's important to them, too, because they're playing like it matters. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, they're they they have come out of the break with a clear, uh, a clear focus on um, on the on the on the finishing out the season strong. And that's and that's all the reporting that we're seeing coming out of of the guys who are on the beat there. Like, you know, that that seems to be what what the players are saying, too. Right. It's like we've right. We've we've kind of circled this time is like, okay, this is when we're going to we're going to ramp it up. Uh, and really get going, um, and it's and it's and it's working out great for them. And and with when you've got a player like Jokic, who's leading that charge, you know you're going to end up you're going to end up being being a nightmare for for every team as as Golden State saw last night. I was trying to I was trying to you know pull up a quick thing to bet. I just don't know where I can bet this, but I know there's some places that will take a bet on who will end up with the worst record in the NBA this season. Uh, and I remember looking at it a few weeks back and it was like, it was actually pretty good for, for Washington. It was like plus plus 700 or something like that. I was wondering, I want to see where it was at. It might be my thing to bet. Bet on the Wizards to yeah, lose. Bet on the Wizards to be awful. Slightly more than I don't the know. Pistons. I, I don't know, man. I think uh, Cade Cunningham was screaming at his head coach tonight. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Monty Williams is definitely aiming like he wants the number one pick in a terrible draft. Yeah, that's what's weird, right? Like, there's definitely no uh, surefire. There's no Victor Wembanyama in this draft. That's You're sure. right. If Wemby was in this draft and you ought, you had a guaranteed, you're like, look, that guy's going to be a 10-time All-Star. Go get him. Like, I would understand it. But there's good players, don't get me wrong, but there's nobody that you're like, yep, that guy's going to change the entire direction of my franchise single-handedly and obviously from day one. Like, maybe there's a Giannis in there who will do that. And we just don't know who which one that is yet, but it's not a guy that you you are guaranteed to get with the number one pick who's already stood out. No. So yeah, I don't. <laughs> I just think some teams who have poor management also you know perform below expectations, and both the Wizards and the uh, the the Pistons are that way. They they are more problems. Certainly guilty. Certainly guilty. Um, speaking of org problems. We're just gonna we're just gonna roll right into our uh, our next topic, which is of course like I, I gave a little preview of the the George Carl Carmelo Anthony and Kenyon Martin spat lovers quarrel that's what we'll, we'll call it uh, going on right now. So if you guys missed it, um, basically Carmelo he's got his new podcast out and he's 
Uh, he's definitely, uh, he knows what gets attention and certainly, uh, like we said, drama, right. Controversy, uh, that's, yep. that's, that's out there. And, 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 you know, so, uh, he's brought up the topic of the nuggets, uh, a couple of times and this, this lately when he, he specifically brought up George Carl, right. And, um, it was already known that George and Carmelo were not fond of each other. George, I uh, had some honestly pretty, pretty shitty things to say about Mello uh, in, in George's book that he put out a few year, few years back. Um, I thought, you know, there was some things in that book that I thought George took it a step too far. Probably, you know, when you start touching on a person's upbringing and their family life, like that's to me, that's yep. off limits. Like, and I say that as like you, Gordon, you can vouch for this. When we, when we sat at the beginning of the season and talked about like how we wanted to cover the team this year, that was uh, the number one thing I said was like, you will not attack. No one on this site is going to attack uh, a, a player's character for things that they do on the basketball court. Like we've talked right. about, like there are some, there are some players uh, in the NBA, Miles Bridges specifically is the one who comes to mind yep. who, who are shitty people. And like, we can certainly talk about their shitty character because they do shitty things off the court. Um, but that wasn't where Carl was focused, right? His, his, his criticism was focused on those guys' ability to perform on the court and, and, and attack their character. Uh, and really, and, 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 and a lot of defenseless people, right? Like, you know, you start to attacking like their upbringing, now you're attacking their family. Like, anyways, it, it, it was inappropriate, right? In, in my opinion, yep. and, and, and both Melo and, and Kmart, you know, had Kmart had some very strong things to say about it. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe, maybe a little too strong. And, and as he, you know, with what he said in his response, but like certainly justified to, to have a retort um, and, and to call out that as, as, as inappropriate. So that's kind of where it, it started, or at least where it became kind of public knowledge that these, these guys were not in any way fond of each other. Uh, so Mello now on his podcast said basically, Hey, when, when George came to Denver, the first thing he did was, you know, was tell me that I was overrated and he compared me to Detlef Schrempf. And so I, I, I wrote this out in, in, in my piece today. Like, first of all, Detlef Schrempf was damn good, dude. Like he was not he was. a bad basketball player. That is a, that is a two times six man of the year. That is a guy who was 13 all NBA. Like that is a guy who was part of two very good teams. Um, first in Indiana and then he, he played for Dallas, but like the Dallas one was, was not a good team. Uh, at that time, yeah. Right. At that time. But, uh, but once he got, you know, that he was, he left Dallas after a few years into his career, played for a very good Indiana team was a big part of that was winning against six men of the year, going to all-star games. Um, then went to Seattle was a key piece was essentially the third guy in their big three, uh, that got them to, got them to a finals. And, you know, who knows if you don't run into Michael freaking Jordan, maybe you, uh, maybe George has got a ring and so does Detlef, you know? So right. like Detlef Schrempf was an awesome, was an awesome basketball player. So that, that was the first point I wanted to make. Like it shouldn't be considered an insult, but, um, but at the same time, Della Schrempf was the third guy in a big three, right? Like he was right. a sixth man of the year. He was third team all NBA. Carmelo Anthony was the best player on a perennial playoff team. And like, not only the best player, but like the complete, like, engine that made their offense go now a lot of their offense was just carmelo isolating and jab stepping 
for for a mid range jumper, but hey, he hit that mid range jumper a he hell of a lot of times. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> he was the like, best at that shot in the league. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Him or Kobe, but you know, like he he was a one of the most fantastic gifted offensive players really the league has ever seen. To George Carl's credit. He was nothing more than a gifted, fantastic offensive player, right? Like he never put in the work to be a guy at small forward of his size should have been able to easily average eight plus rebounds a night, or at least get to eight rebounds a night, right? Because like he's, he was bigger than pretty much all the small forwards uh, that he was, that he was going up against. Say for like when he played LeBron, right? Like he right. was sort of Melo and LeBron were at that forefront of like this huge wing uh, shooting offensive like powerhouse that that really you know kind of followed like like the when everybody was like, hey, wow, look at look at like what how good the Bulls were with like Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. What if we did that, but even maybe a little bit bigger, right? Like that's that's kind of where the, the league was shifting after they, as, as they were also shifting out of their, you know, their, cause the nineties was all about the bigs, but they were all getting beat by a guard and a small forward. Right. So right. like this was, they were kind of at the forefront of that. And Mello was, was as good as anybody. Right. So like he, he was right to be like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm better than, than Detlef Schrempf. And no, I'm not overrated. And George Carl, like does not have a a like shining history of being like a player's coach he is definitely not a player's coach and like i you know i started as i was researching for the article and looking back on it it's like man like one george carl has said a lot of shitty things in his past and i didn't dig them all up for the article because like there are some things where i think like you said stupid things back in the 90s and like it probably is is a little bit less under the radar because people were were less aware of how certain comments you know talking about you know coaches getting opportunities based on race things like that like they were probably a little bit more uh it wasn't as big of a deal back then or, or it was more accepted i should say uh back then as it is now but like people all make mistakes so i didn't want to bring like that up but like the the history of uh george with his players is like well no like ray allen spoke publicly about how he felt like george carl always had something against him but he never knew what it was and George Carl basically ran him out of Milwaukee right for for Gary Payton so he could trade him for Gary Payton another player who has had uh had some spats with George Carl and then we know how it worked out with Carmelo and with Kmart and uh you know I, I I've never actually I don't know if J.R. Smith has ever publicly um publicly said anything about about the whole george carl relationship but we know it wasn't good because george carl benched him in the freaking playoffs and saying he was insulting the game of basketball right like there was there was that and then when george left denver he did the exact same thing again with demarcus cousins in sacramento like he has a very long history of pissing his players off and not being able to relate to them and not like getting them to to really buy into him uh, as a coach they might be buying into like his his philosophy on the court and stuff but like clearly uh these guys did not believe in him as a coach as Kenyon martin then chimed in um never one to not let not insert himself into a conversation right like Kenyon martin chimed in and was like no like we won in spite of George Carl. And like we could have won we would have won an NBA championship had we not had 
George Carl as our coach, which that part is total bullshit. Like, uh, as, I, as I was talking about, like, uh, the person who held that team back, uh, if we're talking about at least those three got gentlemen, like, it's going to be the person who held them back the most was Kenya Martin, right? The guy who had a max contract, the guy who the Nuggets traded three first round picks for, and uh, the guy who never was a better player that never even got to the same level of player he was when before the Nuggets traded for him, right? Like Kenyon Martin's peak of his career is the beginning. It's weird. It's the beginning of the career when he played in New Jersey. And now some of that was because he wasn't all injury busted up. At right. That point. That right. Was, it was, was exactly. And, and he had a game based on athleticism. Right. And so when, when the knees went, the game went right. And like, and right. his defense was, he was basically had to be his calling card at that point which was good until until you had to face somebody like Kobe Bryant and then he did no better than anybody else you know and and still got uh still got torched but like he, he but he never evolved this game if the knee started going it's not like Kenya Martin ever developed shot right like the only he he developed that weird like line drive hook shot thing uh that everybody groaned every time he took it because it probably was like a 30% shot from you know 10 feet away but he never developed into anything else. His contract ended up being a major uh, detriment to to the Nuggets' flexibility, and, and it ended up costing them other players, right? Like, I'm sure if the Nuggets could have chose between can we get rid of Marcus Camby or Kenyon Martin, I'm sure they would have wanted to get rid of Kenyon Martin, certainly if they asked George Carl, apparently, you know, but – they they couldn't nobody was gonna nobody was was gonna take Kenyon's contract like it wasn't uh it was a complete non-starter right so the Nuggets had to make other moves keep Kenyon on, on the roster and, and to his credit Kenyon wasn't a bad player he was a very good player for a lot of his yep. his time in Denver but he was never a max contract star player and that's what the Nuggets brought him to Denver to be they brought him to be the number two to Melo. Uh, and he never was. And that did end up holding back the Nuggets from being able to do a lot. And, you know, uh, Kenyon had had his share of off the court issues when he was with the Nuggets and, and, and never to the point that it, you know, got him suspended or anything like that did get him benched uh, against the Clippers in the playoffs. But it did. But you know, he, he there was plenty of of stories about Kenya Martin being one of one of like Melo was guilty of this, Jr was guilty of this, certainly Allen Iverson guilty of this. Like, but he was one of the players who was who was talked about as as you you know you knew the Nuggets were going to lose if they were playing the Lakers uh, in L.A. because all those guys were going to be out partying the night before until four in the morning, right? And and he Kenya Martin you know threatened to beat up Jr. Smith and and threatened to not come back from his injury uh, because because Jr. Smith filled his car with popcorn, which was a stupid prank by Jr. Smith. It absolutely was. I mean, yeah, I would be pissed too. But like there, there's. There's levels to this, right? Like he took he took it too far, uh, particularly when you're starting to threaten someone with violence, right? So like, Kenya Martin had all of his issues. George Carl had all of his issues. Carmelo Anthony had all of his issues. Uh, and what's sad about it is like this was one of the greatest eras of Nuggets basketball. Uh, some might even consider it the second greatest era after the current one we're in right now. Uh, I wouldn't. I, I would still put the '80s ahead of it, but like. It was a a great time in terms of winning on the basketball court, and the entire thing is getting tainted because because of all this 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 squabbling and this bickering, and we're gonna take shots at people on a podcast that we're gonna go and put out on Twitter. But like like 
uh, to George's credit, which which they, I don't want to give him too much credit because I, I think this is just totally driven by by trying to get attention for himself. But like he has said, like, hey, Mel, I'll come on to your podcast. Like, let's let's talk it out, dude. But like uh, for right now, this is what we're doing. We're just putting we're just putting out video clips on on Twitter from our podcasts and taking shots at each other. And it's like it's childish and it's sad. And and as my as my article said, I wish they would all just shut the hell up. Well, it's it's just frustrating that for me, if if Mello wants to be recognized in Denver, which it seems like he does, then I'm right. not sure why he's insisting on making sure that there are no good feelings to be had about the team that they have. <laughs> it's like, by I'm the way, like, I you would totally think that you would shut up about your personal reasons. problems, you right. know, and and stop being like, I hated being in Denver. I hated playing for George Carl. Um I hated this and I hated that and nobody respected me and I didn't ask for a trade, but you know, where's my respect? It's, I I find it frustrating that um, I would love for the nuggets to call back and honor those teams, but you obviously can't get George Carl and Carmelo in the same arena. Like that's a terrible idea. You know, you can't get Kenyon and Carl in the same like zip code. So that's, that's a bad idea. So, like, at, there is no way to bring back these guys and honor anybody. And, you know, George ain't going to be here that much longer. No offense to George, but he's an old man. Right. And, uh, you know, the time we've got to honor people while they're still alive isn't, isn't infinite. So right. I would love for them to all bury the hatchet and just remember that the teams that they had had a, some damn good years. But they, they can't do that watch, because these right? guys, yeah, these, they won't let it go. And I understand that. But the fact that no one would let anything go is part of the reason that those guys could never get to where this current squad got to. Yeah. Because they had guys who were more focused on getting their respect than they were on winning that title and yeah. doing the things that would be necessary to win the title, like learn how to play defense or right. stop Mark pissing out. off your players every hour of the right. day. Right. Like, you know, like uh, we worried when Malone got here that he was going to be a little bit too much like George Carl because right. he just couldn't take losses. He's a hard ass. right? Oh, yeah. he, he is a hard ass. But he's also like every loss is like a personal indictment. Right. And, right. you know, we were like, man, you're going to burn out like and either that or you're going to lose your players. But, you know, Malone right. didn't do that. Malone figured out in his first stints as a coach, the kind of coach he wanted to be and the kind of coach he didn't want to be. And he's he said all the time he works really hard on making sure that he doesn't take his personal gripes game to game. You know, you'll hear how how angry he is after games and you should not listen to him after games because he says stuff that he would not say the next day. He's too honest about his personal feelings that he knows are not helpful. So George or, you know, rather uh, Michael goes back and he, you know, refocuses and he focuses on what needs to be improved rather than what went wrong and they get to work right you know you would never ever ever see a george carl player any of them grabbing george and like you know hoisting him around while laughing like jamal was doing after the the game in golden state where you know malone snuck up behind him and picked up you know jamal murray and he's like what the hell and they turned around started laughing and just grabs malone and starts swinging him around like a baby like as they're both as they're both laughing after this win, like there is camaraderie on this team that those teams never had, 
and there is a willingness to put aside, you know, personal glory for the team that those squads never had. And so I don't think we're going to be able to celebrate those Carmelo squads for a long time still because the hatchet will not be buried. And that's, that's all I really get out of this is that they're not ready. And because they're not ready, they can't have the, the celebration in Denver that, that those teams deserve. They can't have it because those guys still want to hate everything. And I'm just, it's sad to me. Yeah, no, it's very sad. And I think you bring up that, like, I think that's, that's the crux of it or what, what makes it just so sad is because like these past couple of months in terms of, in terms of being able to celebrate that team, the past couple of months have, have set it back so much, like so much. Like I thought, I felt like we were pretty close to burying this hatchet, to being able to, to move forward uh, and remember like the accomplishments of those teams. I've been a very strong advocate that the Nuggets should, should retire Carmelo Anthony's Jersey. But like, I, while I still think they should do it, like I get why they're not going to for, for a long time. Like not for a while they are. I, I think they will, they will look at retiring Mello's Jersey around the time they are retiring Nicole Jokic's jersey like that's they'll probably do Jokic first and then maybe do like Melo a couple years after it and I don't know I don't I don't think Melo's going to show up for that like that's that, well, that's, that's what my I'm saying, thing is it's going to take that much known. time like it's going to oh, take yeah. that at least we're, that we're, much time. we're a decade out we're right we're, you maybe, know, yeah maybe, we maybe Melo's going to be I got to be 60 I mean maybe we're three decades out or, or two or three decades out before before Melo I think that's it I think it, I think it would be a an end of career thing, unfortunately, or an end of like an end of, an, right. you know, life. Here's thing, the other thing. Like it, you can't, you can't put, you can't like, I also think George Carl is right. If you put Doug Moe in the banners, I think you in, in, up in the rafters, I think, I think George Carl is, is just as deserving. Uh, yep. If you hadn't fired him uh, right after he won coach of the year, he was going to pass Mo for, for, and become the all time career win leader for the Nuggets. Uh, but you can't do that. You can't retire Carl before Mello. Like that's, uh, right. that's nothing in that. And that's probably something that we don't hear that hasn't really come out in public, but, but I think we all know is there from, uh, the way it ended. Like there's probably quite a bit of reconciliation that has to be done between Carl and the Nuggets organization. Right. And, and I mean, and Josh Kroenke, let's, let's, let's call it for what it is. I know that was a, uh, I mean, they, they said it publicly, um, Carl, especially like that was, that was a messy, messy breakup. Right. So, right. Uh, so I don't, I don't anticipate them giving Carl the honor before they give Mello the honor. And if they're, if we're going to have to wait 20, 30 years before Mello is going to be ready to do this, like, unfortunately, yeah, like, I mean, George is going to be gone, man. Like that's, uh, and that's, and that's unfortunate. Like that's, that's very, uh, very unfortunate, but at the same time, like these guys have completely brought it on themselves. Like, like you want to be pissed off it, it about self-inflicted wounds, yes. Right, like if you want to be pissed off about way things ended, whether you're mellow or Carl, like that's fine. But like, nothing that happened, um, was it was all that out of the ordinary, right? Well, With... there's, but there's also obviously still some hard feelings from the Cronkies like Josh championship locker room. And you mentioned, well, we have a star now who's like more focused on winning. Like he wants to there be were here. Shots taken and when I got here, we had a guy who didn't want to be here, which, right. which is that even a shot though? Cause like that is, I mean, 
regardless of what Mello says on his podcast, right. uh, like that, that is just facts. Like, uh, oh yeah, Josh but they have to be said at the time. That's, like, that's the you, thing is he made the point to make those comments during the like champagne celebration. Right, as as like champagne is showering down on him. Yeah. He's so like, there's Mello. obviously still some hard feelings from Josh about the fact right. that. Well, he and had I don't a doubt coach. there is. And, you know, that was a one way and a, and a star player that was a different way. And, you know, and, and that they, he got messed with on both ends and he fixed both sides of the equation and got himself a title. Right. Yeah. Right. Like that's right. right. He's right. Validation. Right. He fixed it. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let's step it back though. Like if you don't luck into the freaking, the luckiest <laughs> find in basketball <laughs> history, like then yeah, 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 you don't really got to say this. Like, I mean, that, yeah, but this, this, this uh, if they but, had but, Carmelo, but if did. they hadn't, what, but if did, they hadn't so. had uh, Detroit screw that up. Yeah, or if you or know, if the lottery so, true, if the lottery balls fall a little bit different, who knows? Like maybe, right? Maybe you're pissed off at LeBron because he left, but like you know, it it could have been. But yeah, I mean, I, I I totally get what you're saying. I just always I always try to temper anybody. It's like look at what they've done like during the series. It's like well, if 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 I, guy, you're not wrong. If, if Quesarito guy doesn't become like one of the greatest of all time, then yes, you know that's. That's the, that, uh, that that was that was definitely more luck than skill with that draft right. pick, but being able to build around him is skill. But I'll say this about Josh Kroenke too: uh, his track record goes beyond the Nuggets, and it's pretty damn good. Like he, from <laughs> nope. from when he was put in charge, like it's he both both the, the Nuggets and the Abs, he tore them down, he rebuilt them, and they both won titles. So. To his, you know, to to Josh's credit, like he should, he should get, he should certainly get the credit for for what he has accomplished uh, with the Denver Nuggets, uh, no no doubt about it. Um, but yeah, like 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 we said, it's it's a really sad thing, and and it's and, and we sad man because it's uh, I want I want Nuggets fans to be able to celebrate all yeah, of the decades like, and generations uh, like of the, that brought them to fandom. That's like my team. It's like, it's like, you know, it's not my, like my, my, this is when I fell in love with the nuggets. That's always going to be the nineties when I was a little kid. Right. And, right. And, and Fonz and Mahmoud and Matumbo, but like uh, Mello was the guy when I like, as a young adult, like, like they drafted Mello when I just turned 18 years old. Like, and so that was, that was when you, you know, as a kid, like you got so much little stuff going on. You don't really become obsessed with a team like you do when, when you're in college and you're, you'd rather skip class. Right. Like <laughs> the, the, like that, the mellow air nuggets, like that's, that is my team. Like that is when I 100% became a diehard nuggets fan, like, and became a, like, I will watch. Well, that's when I became a diehard nuggets games. fan. Right. Like I, I moved back to Colorado in 2003. That was exactly. a good year to move back from a nuggets fan perspective. Yeah. Way better than 2002. Yes. <laughs> so, but so like, I got back to watching the Nuggets right about the time the Nuggets became interesting again. Exactly. So, and, and so that, for me, like that's, like that's us, a huge right. team for me. Yeah. Right. And and and, and we're going to be fucking old as shit. Not that we aren't already, but like I already am. Yeah. But I'm like yeah, there. by the by the time it, it comes time to celebrate, the, like Dan Mel is only a year older than I am. So if we're saying like he's going to have to be an old old man at the end of his year his years when they finally do right. this, like I'll be right there with him. Yep. And it like so that sucks. It it just sucks, and and it, and it sucks because like I said, there I thought we were so close, and now it's just like it, they've just fucking shit all over it. And it's, yeah, it's, it's not close anymore. Whatever we thought was close. was potentially 
there for reconciliation isn't there and just like just hit the snooze button for another five, six, eight years yeah. and then see where it's at. Yep, exactly. All right, let's let's move on to our final segment of the show here, which is looking forward to the week at hand. So the Nuggets will play on Wednesday um, at home against the Sacramento Kings. And they will follow up with Miami at home uh, the day after on Thursday, Saturday, then close it out with the Lakers. So let's start with the Kings and Gordon. Like what, what is the deal? Why, why have the Nuggets lost three in a row against this team? Why can they not seem to get over the Sacramento hump this year? Well, I mean, part of it was back-to-backs, right? Like, yep, that's I mean, true. Two of their games were, like, are on back-to-backs. On the second like, let's not Let's not pretend that Travel like, the Nuggets... Too. Yeah, that the Nuggets were on a road back-to-back coming off of Kobe night when they got right. blown out by Sacramento. That's not the one right. that bothers me. The one that bothers me is when they didn't get it back. Is right when Sacramento was on a back-to-back. Right, and Sacramento was exhausted, Phoenix. and they were ready right. for the break, too. And Sacramento still came out and took it from Denver because Denver just didn't show up. That right. was the annoying part. That was a game they gave. Or they, they showed up in the first half, right? And then they. Yes, uh, but then they folded. Then they folded in De'Aaron Fox. Hey, De'Aaron Fox is, is showing you. And Sacramento took advantage. The thing right, about yeah. Sacramento is that they have done a good job of taking advantage when other teams leave the door open. Yeah. Like that's they're They're a good squad. Like the the Sacramento Kings are a good squad. They have good players. They have star players. You know, they're what ten games over five hundred. Like <laughs> they're a good team. Yeah, they're right there. They're right there in that group that we talked about. That's stuck all tied. Yeah, yeah. All tied with currently the fifth seed, but also a half game out of being the eighth. The eighth seed, right? seed or whatever. Yeah. So that yeah, they're in that second set. So they're the top of the second set, but. Right. You know, whereas the Nuggets are basically around the bottom of the first set, but only by a game and a half. No, no, they're yeah, they're a game up on the Clippers now after Clippers lost last night. That is true. The Clippers so, did lose. Yep. But um, the it's, I'm I'm looking at lost columns. So the Nuggets and the Clippers are the same in the lost. Two games column. back, right? They're two games back of the. They're, then they're two games back of the Timberwolves and the Thunder in the lost column. So it's it is what it is. But the the Kings are are a very good squad. I don't think they're as good as the Nuggets. Because they're built a lot like the Nuggets, but just not as good and smaller, right? Like right, yeah. Like Demontis Sabonis is like a not quite as good, and if I was a couple inches shorter and a few dozen pounds lighter than Jokic, like version, right? Like that's he's yep. he's Jokic at home, so you know, still good quality, but not not amazing, right? Like he that's, that's worthy, just, like, but right. not not MVP worthy, right? He's not, you know. Yeah. And and the thing is, is that the Nuggets have been there before and done that before. And the Kings got yeah. to the playoffs last year and got white. Right. Yeah, like for the Kings right now, their goal has kind of got to be like, okay, let's win a let's win a playoff series, right? Like win let's, a playoff series, yes. Let's take, take that steps. next step. Yep. They're trying not to skip steps. They're where the Nuggets were a few years ago. Don't skip right. steps. Right. Well, Nuggets you know, were playoff series in Jokic's first year, but you know we don't need to. I know. But, but um, yes, exactly what you're saying, right? But it's it's one of those things where um, the the Kings are are a game squad, and it's been a weird bit of scheduling luck that yep. has made the Nuggets always play them in weird situations. Right. So at least this time it's going to be an actual straight up, you know, well, get together, is, see what happens on rest, and then it should every be every single game right is has been been a in in a back to back. This yes. one will be the first time it's on the front end. Right, not the back end. 
Um, but yeah, every single other time that they've played this year, it's been it's been on the the second night of back to back where where somebody is traveling or you know, and then of course the Nuggets, like she said, lose lose the one that pisses you off right before the All Star break. But it's also the game right before the All Star break. It's a game right before the All Star break. Wacky stuff happens, right? Yeah. Like that's that's one of the game. If you're a sports better, that's one you just say, "No, I'm sitting tonight out." Because yeah, not now. Yeah, yeah. Could happen. like yeah, do not play my personal decision. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So like. It's hard to get a read on where the Nuggets are against Sacramento. Like I don't, I can't say that. Like, oh man, Nuggets have lost three in a row this season against Sacramento. Even if they win this game, right on Wednesday, they'd be one and three against the season. Boy, I don't want to see that team in the playoffs. Like, I don't know that I like. I really care about that. Like, I, right. I don't know that. Like, there's because it's like, yeah, I bet if you got to play us on full rest, and as we continue to game plan for your team, like I've seen what Jokic does against Sabonis. Like I've seen it. Uh, and yes, yep. he, he has the last two games. He hasn't, he hasn't played particularly well, but I've seen Jokic drop some monster triple doubles on Sabonis. Like he absolutely can handle that dude. And I do not believe you're going to get, get hit the better of him four games out of seven. I don't know that you're going to get the better of him. Uh, you know, one game out of seven, to be honest, I, Sacramento's a team that it's like, if they got, if the Nuggets, I would be more surprised by a seven game series than I would buy it by the Nuggets sweeping them. And, and that's not, a, not a knock. It's just, it's just, that's, that's where the matchup is. Like if, if it, it goes seven, it's because the weak monk is trying to like, you right. know, put up 35 a game. Or right. Something it's because he's going ridiculous. ridiculous. Or Darren Fox is going like, I'll tell you like right. Darren Fox scares me way more than DeMontis Sabonis does like that guy is is and we've got the we've got the personnel to go against them and so do remember that too is that contavious caldwell pope did not play in that game right before the all-star game you know so we have yet to see the kings play the nuggets on full rest and with uh their their starting backcourt so you know there there's that to consider as well but like there i i just can't i don't know so maybe that's why i'm really so much i'm really intrigued uh, by this game on Wednesday because like it it may be our first chance to play, truly look at, at this matchup and say like how do these teams uh, on an even playing field granted it's in Denver so I get that it's not quite even but how do these teams at you know at full rest at full health match up with each other and and is this truly you know is is there something to to that the Nuggets can't seem to beat Sacramento this year right said, I, I think don't think there is but, but if they lose again like obviously yeah, then you'd be like there's something I don't understand about the matchup except that right. you know they're unless they're jerking their coach's chain by continuing to lose to his old team and they right. think it's funny like <laughs> <laughs> that yeah that that could be that could be the thing I'd man Malone, it's got to God has got to grind his gears every time. Yeah, he loses, he loses to the Kings. months of his life every time they lose to the Kings. Not <laughs> do with that. So Nuggets will um, roll off of that one. Like we said, they'll they'll come play the Miami Heat. That'll be an interesting matchup because one, I think you'll have to see again where's the backcourt at. KCP is also dealing with now sprained finger, and then certainly Jamal Murray would seem like the shin splints. You would assume he would not he play not that game, play that game, right yes. against Miami. So if they're smart, he does not play that game. So right. fingers right. crossed for that. Yeah, exactly. You got two back to backs left to go this season. There's no reason for Jamal to play either. Like no. it's, it's two freaking games. We'll be fine. You know, and, and if you're true to what you said of like, we don't care about getting the one seed, we just want to make sure everybody's yep. healthy, which I think, which is why I fully expect them not to play Jamal. I think they're greasing that wheel, like by being like, yep, yeah, we're, we're not going to, you know, 
we're not going to roll him out on back-to-backs, which is going to piss Jamal right. off. But like, yes, but if that, if if that's a reason you can use to give Jamal a day off, yeah, you're like, well, it's a back-to-back Jamal. If you know what I mean, yeah. if, like at least you can and say you Jamal. Yeah, I've, I'm going to force you not to play through your shin splints because it's a back-to-back. It's a schedule thing. Don't even worry about it. Like, whatever you got to do, because that guy wants to play all the time, and Malone wants to win all the time. Right. So whatever Malone had to do over this last week to take self-hypnosis or whatever and convince right. himself to that winning the well, battle is more important than winning the – or winning the war is more important than the battle. So he was willing to lose, like risk losing a game by sitting Jamal. Right. I'm glad he t- did that self hypnosis, and uh, that Jamal is going to go ahead and and sit. Those are those would be good things. So I hope not to see Jamal on the second half of the back. And it comes it comes back to to the that Milwaukee game, right? Like hopefully everybody who was involved with the decision making to track KCP out there. Uh, when yep. he was clearly still on a bad hamstring, and to that effect, also to trot Jamal back out there when he was clearly yep. being bothered by his shin splints. Hopefully, every all parties involved have learned from that. Like we're not going to do that again. Let's let's right. try and manage this a little bit differently. And and this is how they would do it. So, yeah, I don't know if they. I I wouldn't expect him to play Miami. I also don't know what to think of of Miami this season because their run to the play, finals. You know, hey. We at the end of the day, it is you, you you make it, you make it, and nobody can take that away from you. But like, it seems kind of fluky, right? Like, it, it's we've only had an eight well, historically, seed it is finals fluky. one other time, right? Yeah. Like, and, the, and that was on a on a shortened lockout, shortened season. So were they right. really an eight seed? You know, when the Knicks went way back when. So like, it's it's very fluky, right? We we haven't seen that before. Miami is right now the seven seed, though they're right. The East has got a, the East has got a bunching. Basically between four, uh, four and eight, four through eight, you know, from New York to right. down to the Magic, that they're they're all separated by two and a half games. Uh, so they, there's Miami could get all the way up into could be a home court a home court yes. team in the first round, you know. So, but like where I I, I will be shocked, shocked if that team is is even in the conference finals this season. Well, yeah, I mean, I would, but I was shocked to buy it last year. Yeah, yeah, so, it's there. Like, I, I don't know what to tell you. The, the thing is that the East doesn't have a lot of teams that I either believe in their psychology yet or their chemistry yet. Like, I, I like the Knicks. Um, can they stay healthy and keep playing this hard for that long? Right. In order to like make this happen, I don't think so. But. We'll find out. You know, I think the Celtics are great, but the Celtics proved that they were able to get, you know, um, out coached, out played, out efforted by the Heat last year. Right. Like, I, so what would be different about this year? The Heat are basically the same team, the, the uh, guess, Celtics aren't. I, was like, yeah, I guess Chris Stepps, Porzingis, right? Would be the. Right. Yeah. That, that's what your hope is, right? Yeah. But right. Chris Epps has never done that for you in the playoffs before, so right. you're betting on a guy who hasn't done it before to do it now. Like it, these are the things about the East that I don't know. You know, the Bucks uh, have the, the probably the second greatest player on the planet right now, um, but they also have a weird situation with Dame. They don't have the defenders they used to have. They have Doc Rivers. You know, if they have a if they have Doc who who coaches down in the playoffs and is too conservative, like what are you going to do? Um, I, I just don't know what to do with the East. So until somebody proves to me that the power of friendship and coaching in the playoffs in the East still doesn't trump everything, 
Like, I don't, I have no, I, I can't count the heat out until the heat are actually out because they already proved last year that they weren't necessarily the best team, but right. they were the best collection of players and coaches to go on. So right. I don't know that this year, you know, would go any differently. You know, I mean, I do. Would I take the heat over the Cavs? Yeah, I would. <laughs> Yeah, probably. Not because right? the Cavs aren't great, but because I've seen what happens with teams like the Cavs before. Well, because uh, like, like uh, I mean, uh, to me, I can boil that one down to like, if I got to pick between Donovan Mitchell in the playoffs or Jimmy Butler in the playoffs, like easy right. choice, going with Jimmy, right? Yeah, so, going with Jimmy Butler, right? So, like I said, man, like I, it's not that I expect to see the Heat in the finals or something again, but you know, I uh, would I want to play the Heat in the playoffs in the East? Hell no, I would not. And so, yeah, uh, but I, at the same point, I'm not scared of the heat at all in the regular season. You know, uh, and so, yeah, they they've they've been better of late, which is good for them. But, you know, uh, uh, from a Nuggets perspective, the Nuggets already took the measure of the heat last year. So this isn't a game right. that they have to, like, scout. They know how this game goes. Right. Yeah, exactly. They uh, I was just checking to it. I was like, we haven't played the heat at all this season and we haven't. It's a. Yep, Nuggets have a Nuggets have a ridiculous schedule coming up. Uh, this is these funny schedule quirks. So get this. So like this is uh, maybe like two weeks from now is when they're they're going to go down to Miami. So they're going to play a yeah. four game homestand. Yeah. Uh, after this after this Lakers game on Saturday, they'll play a four game homestand. They'll fly to Miami from Denver to Miami, play a game, then they'll fly back to Denver, play a game, and then they'll fly off to Dallas play a game and then they'll fly to minnesota play a game and then they'll fly back to denver and then they'll fly to portland oh man and then they'll yeah, fly it's back a, it's to a denver. weird it's a weird stretch that is a very weird stretch coming out of this where yeah it's it's man that is like but that's why you want to get momentum on the homestand right that's right like go in like win these two games like honestly right now yeah your next six your next seven games are are at home yeah, the game that's go, on the go, road go is the one game that's on the road is your is your national TV game against the Lakers, which you have clearly have had no problem dealing with that team. So like, <laughs> right. take care of them, and and then yeah, and then you can go into this crazy final stretch. So let's I guess we'll move on now to this this final Lakers game, and I, I don't know, like I I somewhat I'm I'm somewhat expecting them to lose just because like something eventually like the Lakers got to get one eventually right at some point <laughs> I mean I would say that about us in Utah too but it's not happening so <laughs> that's true maybe so, not yeah I um it is it is it is so sweet because it's the Lakers uh, right. and all their all their shit talking all the years through throughout the years all their fans um and, and the constant arrogance from that, from that group, but it, to just like in the the way the Nuggets have just thoroughly owned that franchise has. Oh yeah. I, I mean, Nikola Jokic is is ended LeBron James's career. I get LeBron still playing. I get LeBron still playing at a high level. LeBron James knows in his heart. I have no doubt about this. Knows in his heart without any question as long as he is in the western conference he will never get back to the finals as long as Nikola Jokic is is playing for the nuggets like it's right not he cannot beat that team uh and I think he knows it and it's just it's it, it's just it's fun to watch and so like at some point on some 
levels and like, yeah, we they should be concerned right at all about the Lakers. Like, let's let's go take care of business because it's it's the freaking Lakers and we own that team. Right. So for me, uh, there's nothing nothing on the schedule this week that I'm concerned with. Um, uh, if the Nuggets come out with the same effort that they came out with in the last 26 minutes of the Golden State Warriors game, like they should have they should have all of the games this week. Um, will they? Well, uh, I mean, two and one's always possible. Anything less than two and one is a massive disappointment. Right, and, and I would agree. And I think I think really, uh, if I look at it, it's the Miami game that I'm probably like, well, maybe because it is it is your second game on a back to back. You probably won't have Jamal, right? Like, right. so it's it's gonna be it's gonna be the 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 tougher one to win. Miami is also a team that built on their culture is going to come in is not is one of the few teams that will come in here and is not going to use the altitude as an excuse. Right. It's not going to acknowledge it as uh, as something that should should stop. Them. And like you said, it's the first time they've seen us since the finals. They would like right. to get one. Yeah, back. that's true. That's very true. Yeah, they they've been sitting on that one for a while. So so maybe right. they drop that one. Uh, one last thing to note before we get out of here this Saturday, like we said, Nuggets are playing the Lakers at 7 p.m. 6:30 p.m. Oh, I screwed this promo up last night, and I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to screw it up. You gonna mess it up more? <laughs> 6:30 p.m. Gordon and I will be down at number 38 in Rhino, Colorado, which is for those of you who aren't familiar with the lingo, essentially north northern north central uh, Denver. But the the venue is number 38. We are going to be there for what will officially be, I guess, our very first Stiffs Night Out of the year. We are also calling it the Repeat Rally. It is in with conjunction, of course, with Mile High Sports. Uh, if you guys come on down there, we're going to have all kinds of drink specials. I think what we say, Gordon, $15 pitchers. Um, and uh, on top of that, you know, we, we will be doing a live podcast. I don't know if we're going to call it, I guess we're going to have to work with the Mile High Sports Boys. We're going to have to talk with Blackburn. Are we going to call this the Denver Stiff Show or the uh, or the Pickaxe and Roll? I, I almost said man. I almost said Pickaxe Podcast and I was like, I know no, you that thought was, about that it. Was, that was my podcast. <laughs> Ryan stole, stealing all kinds of names. Uh, no, I just joking about it. But yeah, so we're going to be down there at number 38. It's 3560 Chestnut Place. Uh, in Denver and Colorado, we're going to do a live podcast. Uh, like I said, I, I, Ryan Blackburn, I believe, will be there as well, as well as some of the other guys you know, from Mile High Sports. I don't know, maybe we'll get like Swipe down there uh, to check it out. Tons of diehard Nuggets fans as well. Uh, I we know offense, guys. guys uh, it's going to take me like two hours to get there, so y'all better show up. So y'all can show up. Like if Gordon can yeah. get there, right. Like, let's if say... I can get there from like where I'm at, then you guys can get there from where you're at. So right. no excuses. Show up, watch a game with us, hang out. People may not realize this about about us, but yeah, uh, Gordon and I are definitely driving like farther than probably yeah. anybody to get here. Like yeah, we are coming yeah. from opposite ends of the state, meeting in the middle there in uh, at number thirty eight there in in Rhino, Denver. So come come hang out with us. Come get a beer. Come by, say hi, introduce yourselves. You know, I yeah. uh, if I've if I've uh, banned you from the board, I'm sorry. Uh, let's have a chat about about how we can make things right um hopefully i haven't hopefully nobody shows up that i banned from the board to, with a bone to pick
You never know, though. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I haven't been Gordon yet. No, well, the, this is going to throw throw totally out of whack uh, my my you know running story that you're actually just uh, an AI construct that Nate Timmons programmed back when he lived in Casper. Right. But, uh, no one's ever seen me, so it's fine. So Look, nobody, man, Adam Mars doesn't knows. even remember me, so uh, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, that's exactly it, and so. Um, we need we need your guys' support because we've got to uh, we've got to upgrade. Uh, I've, I'm starting to call it G Money PT is is the AI construct that we That's have. That's right, yeah. <laughs> guys, ship it the bucks to like get me to say better stuff, guys. That's Hurry it. Up. If you want better coverage, that's where we're gonna you do want it. Better but, coverage. Uh, show, put your money where your mouth is. That's what I'm saying. But really, like it's gonna be a fun game. Stiff dice are always great because it's always yep diehard fans and everybody's cheering with every basket uh, and getting angry at every single Rod DeMott foul call. So um, come hang out with us, watch the game, catch the live podcast. Should be a great time. Like I said, this Saturday, number 38, 3560 Chestnut Place, Denver, Colorado. Game gets tipped off at 630. We'll be there before that. Come and hang out with us. And with that, I feel like I definitely did better on the promo this time around. Good for you. Need, you need a little practice. So and good. I recorded that's, that's the real key. With that, we will wrap up the show uh, for this week. Mr. Gross, I will look forward to seeing you on Saturday, sir. Yep. And we will talk to all of you. I guess we will talk to you on Saturday. And then, and then I don't know. I guess we'll see We'll see how Gordon and I are feeling if we're going to yeah, we'll do see how it goes. follow up normal <laughs> podcast like we do on a, on a Sunday and Monday evening. But one way or another, we will talk to you all next week. Listen,